Good morning, New Beginnings. How are we doing today? Good morning. Hey, you guys actually clapped for me. All the other services were like, oh, no, it's not Pastor Jim. <laughs> um, if you're with us today for the very first time, welcome. My name is Charlie. I am the student ministries pastor here. I've been on staff here as a pastor for the past four years, and I love every second of it. Yes, I love every second of it. Um, I like it. Um, and uh, Pastor Jim, he is here. Obviously, you saw him. So if you're looking to talk to him, you can find him out in the hallway or something like that. I'll give you his phone number, his house address, whatever you guys need. Just come to me after service. Um, but today what we're doing, church, is we are continuing our series, The Voice. And before I do that, I always like to open up messages with a question to get us talking, to get us going. I know for some of us, we've had maybe a four-week break, a four-week vacation with the 4th of July from work. So we've been sleeping in, we're tired. So I just get the talking, get the bones moving. And the question I want to ask you today, church, is this. What did you guys do for 4th of July? <laughs> Simple as that. What did you guys do? You guys just shout it out. Swimming, I love. It. I went on. So um, re I recently just got married, and uh, yeah, <laughs> recently just got married. A total of three weeks. Um, I'm gonna steal a joke from one of my good friends. He actually just moved to Texas. Um, he said, uh, "Now that I'm married for three weeks, if you guys need any marriage advice, you can come talk to me. Um, I'm good to go." But uh, her family had rented. You said swimming, right? Her family had rented this like giant slip and slide water tower slip inside for adults um and we went down it and i'm like all sunburned and just like beat up from it are you sunburned at all or no no see i'm white i fry way too easily way too easily my back it looks like a lobster um but i'm glad some of you guys had a great fourth of july um as it was it was mine and my wife's first fourth of july together so we went over to families and then afterwards that night we just went home, sat in bed, watched Stranger Things, and listened to the fireworks go off in the back. Yeah, it was a, it was a great 4th of July, if I can say so. Um, but again, today what we're doing, church, is we are moving on in this series, The Voice that Pastor Jim opened up last week. And we're looking at how Jesus speaks and how we can listen to Jesus speak. But I have this question. When you hear that title, The Voice, what's the first thing you guys think of? The show, exactly. That's what I thought of. I was like, okay, perfect. We're going to like knock off the show, The Voice, and we're going to have Blake Shelton come out. We're going to buy these like red chairs to sit around. And when I like gave that to Pastor Jim, I was like, you know, this series is like going off of a TV show that has like very popular right now. And he was just like, there's a TV show called The Voice. And I was like, Pastor Jim, we've changed the way you've dressed. We've gotten you a little bit more cooler looking now, but... We got to get you up to date with all the shows now. <laughs> and I asked him if we can get a red chair so I can sit in it and turn around and stuff like that. And he said it wasn't in the budget. Um, so you guys are just stuck with plain old me. But we're continuing this. And the whole overall arching theme, we have this tagline that we're going off of in this series is this. And if it should be up on the screen right behind me, and it's this. Jesus is speaking. Are we listening? If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. That's our tagline for this series. Jesus is speaking. Are we listening? Now, I love this, this verse, not even a verse, but this tagline, because it doesn't say if Jesus is speaking. It specifically says Jesus is speaking, meaning this. Jesus speaks to us constantly, but it's on us if we have the ears to open up and to listen to him. He's speaking to us constantly. And the way we know that he is speaking to us is by what is said in John chapter 10, verse 27. This is our key verse for the whole series, and that's this. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. Now, last week, Pastor Jim, he made a statement about this. And if you've been in church for a little bit, you've probably heard of sheep and you heard that sheep are not the brightest animals at all. And it's almost kind of like a, a, a backhanded statement. It's a compliment and not a compliment at the same time that Jesus is calling a sheep and him being our shepherd. But what I look at it is this. Jesus, what he just did was called us his sheep and he is our shepherd. What he just said was he accepts us. What he just said is we are one with him and he is our leader. But not only is he our leader, he is speaking to us. He says that we listen to his voice, meaning we can hear his voice. And today, the whole goal, my whole idea and the purpose in today's message is understanding how we can listen to his voice more intently and how we can understand how Jesus communicates. And if you're taking notes, that's the title of today's message, How Does Jesus Communicate? How does Jesus communicate? As you guys are writing that down, I'm going to pray and we'll get into today's message. So if you can't bow our heads, close your eyes and let's pray. God, Thank you so much for a, another Sunday that we get to come and we get to worship you and we get to grow closer to you. God, I'm praying right now that you're going to use this time to speak to us, including myself, God. God, I pray right now that as we're in this room, we have open ears and open minds to the words that you have for us, to the thoughts that you have for us today, God. God, I pray that we walk out of this room just a bit better than when we came in, God. That's the goal. So God, I pray as we do leave this, we'll be able to understand how to hear your voice better, how to hear your communication better, God, because again, you are speaking and it's up to us if we're going to listen. And God, I pray lastly, I pray lastly, that you do not grant the LA Clippers a, national, a, champion, a championship with Kawhi going there, but instead you bring it to the real LA team and that is the Los Angeles Lakers. And everybody said, amen. amen. Yeah, yeah, clap it up. Amen. Um, on Friday, we were watching Stranger Things, and I got the update um, from Bleacher Report saying Kawhi has signed to the Clippers, and I was like, like, I wanted to vomit. Like, I just, like, it made me so upset deep down inside, and then right afterwards, I saw that Paul George is going there, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I was like, getting ready to throw my phone. I might have sinned a little bit. I don't know. Um, but I'm okay now. I'm speaking to you guys, so we are good to go. Now, as I open this message up, I want to ask this question to you guys, and that's this. I want us to remember all the way back to junior high, high school, even in elementary school. Remember back to maybe a, a girl or a guy that we had a crush on, or maybe a girl or a guy that we dated. And I want us to think of this question. When you were dating this certain somebody, or you liked this certain somebody, did you think to yourself that you're going to marry them, and you're going to have kids with them, and your life's going to be perfect, you're going to have a house, and everything's just going to be all grand? Anybody ever think that before? Me? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah, the first, first few services did it, but I guess no one in third, but it's okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm content in my life. Um, the thing with me, though, is that happened to me multiple times where I thought to myself, I'm going to marry this girl. Oh, no, I'm going to marry this girl. Oh, no, I'm going to marry this girl. We're going to have a house. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to be a rock star. Like all these things started coming into my mind. But there's one in particular that's not my wife now, but there's one in particular that I still remember to this day, and the girl's name was Vanessa. And the reason why I remember it still to this day, you'll find out right now. But just for a little background before we get into this, when I was in middle school, I can come up here today as a 24-year-old man or kid, whatever, and come to you guys today and communicate to you guys and talk to you guys. But see, back in the day when I was in junior high, my communication skills were horrible. 
when it came to talking to someone of the opposite sex. It was not good for me. I couldn't, I stuttered, I shaked, I got the sweats. Like it just was not okay. Armpits started sweating profusely. It just wasn't a good picture. And I asked my mom, because I want to paint the picture really good for you guys. I asked my mom, I said, hey, do you have any pictures of me as in, in junior high? And out of nowhere, she sends me 20 of them. I'm like, mom, do you have all these saved on your phone? <laughs> but she sent me one. And I want to put it up on the screen for you guys. Whew. Isn't he a good-looking kid? The glow-up, I mean. <laughs> um, but I look at this picture. Aubrey, aren't you so lucky? <laughs> I, I look at this picture, though, because I'm like, what kind of shirt was I wearing? Like, I lived in Riverside. I thought I was gangster, I guess, and that's why I was wearing that shirt. I look at it. I'm like, my chip tooth is just out there, half-spiked hair. Like, Mom, what were you letting me do back in the day? But as you look at that young man, even though he's good looking, you look at him, you're like, okay, I can see him maybe being a little bit socially awkward when it came to talking to girls. So what I did, like everybody else back then, we had MySpace. MySpace was a huge thing in 2007 and 2008 when I was in middle school. And what we did, like everybody else, was if there was a girl or someone you liked, you added them on MySpace and you talked to them through MySpace. So what I did was I added Vanessa on my space and I was so excited that she finally accepted me that I was like, okay, I'm in. We're halfway there, Charlie. Keep going. And what I did was I built up enough courage to type out a message saying, hey, Vanessa. <laughs> and I sent it. And I sent it and, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and she finally responds to me and I'm like, let's go. Like I'm in, we, we're good. And, and we're starting to communicate back and forth and we're going for about two weeks and we're doing this and I built up enough courage again to ask her to be my girlfriend. And so I, I, I ask her to be my girlfriend and then she responds back to me saying, I'll be your girlfriend. And I was like, yes, I win. Um, I was so excited, and I was so just ready. I thought I could take on the world. I was like, she's going to be my wife. We're going to have kids. We're going to live in a huge house. I'm going to drive a Ferrari. Like, I had all these plans, all these plans. But there was one thing wrong, and I'm saying this in confidence. I'm saying this because this is a place where we don't judge. I've already showed you my picture. I never had a face-to-face -face conversation with her. The only time I talked to her was on MySpace. <laughs> the only time I talked to her was over the internet. Never face-to-face. -face. I would see her in middle school, and I would see, and we'd walk right by each other, but I never had the courage to go talk to her until I got home and I went on MySpace and I talked to her there. <laughs> Safe to say, after two days, she broke up with me on MySpace. <laughs> but she broke up with me. And the reason why she broke up with me was because she said, we don't have good communication. <laughs> Look at me now. Um, <laughs> um, but we broke up because we didn't have that good communication. And now I share this story with you guys, one, because I need prayer. But two, I share this story with you guys because 
The reason why we did not last was because there was not good communication. We weren't communicating daily. We were actually weren't communicating face-to-face at all. And I share that with you guys because I don't know if you know this or not, but we get to serve a God. We get to worship a God that is in dire need of communication with us. He's trying to communicate to us daily, but it's up to us if we're going to listen to him because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to communicate to us. But are we taking the time out of our days, out of our weeks to listen and to build that relationship? And that's what we want to do today. That's what the whole goal for today's message is, is to understand, one, how does Jesus communicate? And two, how we can grow this relationship with him. And the reason how we know Jesus communicates to us is by what is said in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 15, or verse 16. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go there. John chapter 14, verses 16, it says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or also known as another helper, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. What Jesus is saying, because these are red letters in our Bibles, Jesus is speaking this. What Jesus is saying is once we accept Jesus into our lives, not only do we accept him, but we also accept the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and that is the way Jesus communicates to us, is through the Holy Spirit. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, something that we need to remember when it comes to communicating with Jesus, and that's this. Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Say it one more time. Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Pastor Jim said it this way last week. The Holy Spirit lives in me, so he speaks within me to me. One more time. Pastor Jim said this last week like this. The Holy Spirit lives in me, so he speaks within me to me. Now we know that Jesus does communicate to us. I want to go into point one in understanding How exactly does he communicate? And that's point one. Point one is this. God speaks to me in my thoughts, feelings, and desires. God speaks to me in my thoughts, feelings, and desires. I love this point so much because what this is saying is it's saying this. And I'm not saying that God doesn't speak this way, but I've never met somebody or had this kind of interaction with God. But what this is saying is God's not going to come to us with the heavens parted, with the clouds open, with the sun coming down and the doves flying around saying, Charlie, you're looking good today. Like, it's just not, it's not the way. I know that's what you guys are thinking, but it's just not the way. It might not be the way that God's going to communicate to us. Instead, the way Jesus is going to communicate to us isn't a gentle whisper. And we know this through our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings because of what 1 Kings chapter 19 says. If we want to flip all the way down to the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to see this interaction that God is going to have. And it says this, verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Anybody feel the earthquakes this past week? It's crazy. All right. And after the earthquake, 
there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And this right here, if you guys have your Bibles, I want us to underline this, highlight it, whatever it is. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. There was a sound of a gentle whisper. What this shows us, church, is this. Jesus isn't going to sit there and shout you down. He's not going to sit there and yell at you. What he's doing is he's going to communicate to you in your quiet times, in the quiet spaces. He's going to speak to you through your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and your desires in the quiet time. So what that means, and I know this is summer and I know we're not supposed to have homework in summer and things like that, but what I want you to do is I want you to write this down real fast because I want us to take this home and apply this to our lives. This week, if we truly want to hear the voice of Jesus, let's sit in our quiet space. Let's turn the phones off. Let's not go on Facebook or Instagram for 10 minutes. Let's shut the laptops off. Let's stop binge watching Stranger Things number three and sit in God's presence and allow him to speak, turning the distractions off. Because like I said, Jesus is going to speak to us are we going to be too busy? Is life going to be too chaotic to hear him? That's on us. If we're spending our time wisely and we're allowing him and giving him opportunities to pour into our lives, he's going to speak to us. Because the thing is this, church, God, again, he speaks to us all the time. But if we're too busy, if we are too loud, if life is too chaotic, he's going to be dropping things into our minds and they're going to go right back out of our minds because we are too, we are too busy to listen. We're too busy to listen. And I know what you're probably thinking right now. Charlie, I get it. He speaks to me. He speaks to all of us. But I have this question, Charlie. How do I know if it's Jesus speaking to me or my own thoughts? And that's a very great question that Pastor Jim, I have no idea, so Pastor Jim can deal with that next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. I had to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, no, but I believe there's two ways in multiple ways that we can decipher between if it's our thoughts or God's thoughts. And one of the ways is this, and it's not in your notes, so you can just put a sub point like A or something like that and put down that if it's our thoughts versus God's thoughts, God's thoughts are going to be reoccurring thoughts, meaning that it's going to be in our mind and it's not going to leave. It's going to be in our mind. It's going to continue to be there repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. For instance, have you guys ever been out hanging out with somebody or you've been with friends, you've been with family, and, and maybe you see a homeless person on the road or, or you see someone that's in need, they're asking for money or they're asking for food and you're looking at them and, and you just have this burning desire in your heart to go help them or you have these th thoughts in your mind that you should go talk to them, you should go pray for them, you should go see how they're doing. When we get those thoughts and they don't leave us, that's from God. That's from God. Let me take it a step further. Um, I, I've already explained and I've shared this that I'm the youth pastor, the student ministry pastor here. I've done it for four years now. But the opportunity arose in 2018. At the time, I was only overseeing our junior high ministry. Only overseeing our junior high ministry. An opportunity came up in 2018 to not only see the junior high ministry, but oversee our high school ministry. 
And at the time when Pastor Jim brought this to my attention, I said, okay, like, yes, like, I will do it. It's going to be a great time. I love youth ministry. We live in this generation or this generation that is rising up today. They are living in a world that is getting so far away from God that it's not even funny. And they need some kind of light in their lives. And so when he brought this to me, I said, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. But from other people, and even in my mind, I believe God was telling me, he said, bring both of these youth ministries together. Bring both of these junior high and high school together, merge them all in one, and have one youth ministry that meets on Wednesday nights. And at the time, I thought that was my thoughts. At the time, I said, there's no way God is thinking this. And the reason why I thought that was because I thought I was just being lazy. Because what that meant for me doing both of them was I would be speaking on a Tuesday night, I'd be speaking on a Wednesday night, and I'd also be speaking on a Sunday morning. Three different messages at three, three times a week for a whole entire year. I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of messages. So I thought to myself, there's no way that's coming from God. I just need to buckle up and I need to go. So I did. For the whole 2018 um, season, not even just myself, but the leadership team too, where there are Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, and Sunday mornings. And they don't even get paid to do this. So I did that for two th- the whole 2018 year, and about halfway through it, six months in, I still had that thought that God was dropping in my mind saying, Charlie, what are you doing? Bring these youth ministries together. So I said, all right, God, I'm tired of fighting this. Maybe this is from you. I hope it's from you. And we went with it. Started 2019, we brought both junior high and high school together. We meet on Wednesday nights. We are called Avenue Youth now here at 7 o'clock in this room. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see this. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because it was from God. The reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because not to say that I'm super spiritual and I've been listening to God and I've been going on this, but the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because it never left my mind. And to see the kind of growth, not only numerically growth, I don't know how we've grown so much just by bringing them together in a new name, but the spiritual growth, to see the way the students pray, to see the way the students worship, to see the way the students even take notes in the message. The reason why I'm sharing this is because that is a God move. That wasn't my own thoughts. So if you guys have a thought that is in this room that is just stirring in you and stirring in you, stirring in you, you have this strong feeling towards something, I can guarantee you guys that is God speaking to you saying, go, saying, go. It makes me sad and it makes me kind of upset sometimes because I wonder how many opportunities, I wonder how many ministries, I wonder how much breakthrough we are missing out on because we can't decipher if these are God's thoughts or our thoughts. Church, if they are still there and you still have these thoughts to go open a business, to go open up a ministry, to go help somebody, do it and watch what God is going to do through you. Because again, he is speaking, but are we listening? Are we listening? Are we listening? Another way that we can decipher whether these are God's thoughts or our thoughts is by point two. And point two is this. Apply wisdom to the inner promptings. Apply wisdom to the inner promptings. It's such a great point. Because when we get these thoughts and these feelings and these desires that come upon us and we're trying to decide, is this God or is this not God? All we truly need to do is apply the wisdom that he has given us. If it aligns with his word, more than likely it's from God. If it aligns with his word, this book, this Bible, more than likely it's from God. 
And what I love about that is the fact that once we apply that wisdom to those thoughts and we understand that this is from God, that this is his thoughts and not our thoughts, what he still wants us to do is to continue to apply that wisdom. Because the thing is this, God, once he gives us these thoughts and once he gives us these desires, he's not going to give us step A, step B, step C, step D, all the way through in how to live out these thoughts and how to live out these plans that he's installed in us. I wish he did. I'm still praying for him to do that in my life, and he hasn't, and if he's done it for you, praise God. Talk to me after service. I need help. (laughs) But he wants us to continue to apply wisdom to those moments and to those times. Let me me share, share it with you like this. How many people are in here that are parents? Okay, cool. We have a good amount of parents in here. Let me ask you this question, parents. Someone's a new parent. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this question. With your kids, as you were raising them and as you were guiding them from the beginning of time when they were birthed into this world, did you sit there and hold their hand and babysit them all the way until they turned 18, telling them what they can, what they can't do, saying, you can eat this, you can't eat this, saying, no, that's bad, don't touch that, that's hot. And then you did that all the way till they turned 18. And then once they turned 18, you kind of kicked them out and said, all right, go enjoy the world. No, you didn't do that. That's not the way that you should live a life being a parent. That's not how you should grow your, your relationship with your child up. The reason why you don't do that is because you want them to have a choice of free will so they will learn and they can, you can teach them through those learning experiences. You can teach them through the wisdom that you have. So when they get out there into the real world, world after they move out of your house, they're not sitting there calling you every day asking, Mom, Dad, can I eat the raviolis tonight? What should I eat? Like They, they don't do that. Why? Because you've helped grow them up so that they can make their own decisions and apply the wisdom that you've installed in them. And church, it's the same exact thing when it comes to a relationship with God. When God gives us these plans and God gives us these thoughts, he's not going to give us step A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But he, what he is going to do is he's left us with this word and he's giving us this wisdom so we can make our own decisions. Let me take it even another step further. You guys ever been at a restaurant before and the waiter or the waitress comes up to you and says, sir, ma'am, what would you like to eat? And you say, hold on one sec. God, what should I eat today? (laughs) No, you don't. And if you do, you're very spiritual. But I've never done that. I have never done that once in my life. Why? Because God gives us free will to make certain decisions and certain choices. And it's the same thing. Once we get these thoughts and we know they're God's thoughts, not our thoughts, he gives us free reign to make certain decisions. Then we have to make sure they line up with his word, make sure they line up with the wisdom he's given us. And now I keep talking about this wisdom and I keep talking about how how God gives us this wisdom. And this wisdom isn't worldly wisdom that I'm talking about. This wisdom that I'm talking about is godly wisdom. And the way we can receive this godly wisdom is by what is said in James chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, go to James chapter 1, verse 5. It says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. 
that is blown and tossed by the wind. What James is saying here, church, is this. Ask and you shall receive. You want the wisdom, ask for it. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Now, right now, I'm going to close up, and, and I just want to share one last thought with you guys in really one last story. Because if I can be honest, when I first started coming to church, I would always hear people say, oh, God is speaking to me. And I'm like, God's speaking to you? How, how is he speaking to you? He's not like right in front of you. He's not having a communication. He's not talking to you that way. He doesn't have a MySpace, so he's not going to slide into your messages. Ah, you guys were paying attention. See, second service wasn't paying attention. But he doesn't have this. So how is he communicating to you? And I've always struggled with that. And I always had that thought of, I'm not listening to God. I'm not hearing God. But everyone says that he's communicating all the time. How is that possible? And maybe for some of us in here, we're still struggling with that. And I want to give you this last story because I know for a fact that God is speaking to every one of us through our thoughts through our feelings, and through our desires. And the way I know this is because in 2016, um, this is the most one I could think of right off the top. But in 2016, I was on a missions trip to Belize. And uh, when we got into Belize, I've been to Belize a few times on missions trips, and I love it out there. It's like my second home. And when we get out there, what we start doing is we're like pulling double duty. We're out there doing VBS for one church. Then we're doing VBS for another church. We're speaking at youth nights for one church, speaking at youth nights for the other one, visiting orphanages, helping fix things, helping build things. And we're doing all these things and we're go, 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 go. And so on one night, it was Wednesday night when we were out there and we had a youth service planned at this small church in really the middle of nowhere off the freeway in Belize. And as we get to this church, we're driving there and our, um, I don't want to call him a tour guy, but that's kind of what he is. He was our helper. He was the one that led us everywhere we were going. He said, oh, um, don't worry. There's only going to be about 20 people, 20 youth at this youth night. So, and they all pretty much know who Jesus is. So just speak a normal message. And that's what I had to do. I was speaking that night. So I said, okay, I had a message ready for them. I had a message prepared for them. And I'm going over it on the bus ride. And as we get to the church, I remember pulling up and looking out and I'm like, 20 people? There was like 120 people at this church. And and the the guy goes off the bus, he talks to the head pastor that was there and he comes back and he says, so what happened was this. They started inviting people. I was like, oh, great. (laughs) But they started inviting people. They invited people from this village. They invited people from this village and this village. Villages that you had to take 20 minute ride down a dirt road in the middle of nowhere in the jungle to get to. And they're all coming because they want to hear the Americans. I was like, ah. <laughs> great, more pressure. And, and as this goes on, I remember sitting in the bus afterwards. And I'm not going to lie, I was nervous. I remember sitting in the bus that night. Everyone's off the bus and I'm sitting there in this quiet place in the zone where no one was there. And I'm praying to God and I'm asking God, continue to use me. God, use me, speak through me tonight. All these things. And then I remember this thought and this feeling that got dropped on me like I got hit by a semi-truck. And what it was was saying change the ending of your message. And I remember sitting there in the bus going, "Uh uh-uh, there ain't no way I'm changing this message. I remember this message. I remember writing this message. It's installed in my mind. If I change the message, it's going to be all bad. And so I walked off the bus and I didn't change the message. And I remember walking and greeting people, giving them handshakes, giving them high fives, talking to them. And that thought was still in my mind. Change the end of the message. Change the end of the message. 
add something, add something. And after a while, I just kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. And it almost came time for the service to start. And I felt it again. And he, the guy was asking me, he's like, are you ready to go? And I was like, I think. <laughs> and I remember sitting there afterwards and I felt it so hard, so strong. And I said, all right, God, fine. If the message is horrible, it's your fault. So I changed it. <laughs> I changed the end of the message. And as I changed it, I'm getting there, I'm kind of nervous. And I go up to speak and I'm speaking with a translator. So I'm speaking for like five minutes, or about five minutes, five seconds. And then he speaks in Spanish for five seconds. And then we're going back and forth and we're trying to find a groove and we're going at it. And it came time for the ending of the message and I changed it up the way I believe God wanted it to be changed. And I gave an altar call at the end of the service. And I said, if you want to accept Jesus with everyone's heads bowed, everyone's eyes closed, all you have to do is raise your hand and accept them into your heart. When I said that, 25 people rose their hand that night and accepted Jesus into their life. Now that's great, but that's not even the best part. After that service, I'm sitting there and I tell the, I tell the, the youth and I tell the adults that are in there, because somehow there was adults in there, I said, if you accepted Jesus for the first time, please come talk to a leader, come talk to one of us. We would love to pray with you, we'd love to give you a Bible, we'd love to talk to you. After a while, I'm sitting there and a girl comes up to me and she was 14 years old and then she was 14. She came to me and she said, I accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, and she starts going on and telling me her testimony. And she said, four days ago, my brother was shot and killed. Four days ago, my brother was shot and killed over a fight over a girl. All because of a girl, he was shot and killed. And she looked at me and she said, I was one of the ones that rose my hand. And she's like, I just needed to hear that today. I've never had a relationship with Jesus, but tonight I just want to thank you for coming and offering this for me. And that, that moment we prayed for her, we gave her a Bible, and we sent her off. We followed her on Facebook. We're still in communication with her today, and she's doing good. She's doing good. And that all almost did not happen if I wasn't listening to God. And if I wasn't allowing him to speak through me, if I wasn't getting away from the busyness and allowing him to drop these thoughts into my mind, it wouldn't have happened. And now again, I'm not trying to say I'm spiritual, I'm anything like that. I'm a human, I make mistakes, I sin, I fail, but luckily through the grace of God, we are made clean and we are made new. And I believe the same way God used me that night in 2016 in the middle of Belize in Central America is the same way God wants to use you today in Norco in 2019. That there are thoughts that he is dropping into your mind right now that we need to go and do. That we need to go and do. And I had this, this, this quote that I want to share with you, and I, I forgot to say it, but I, I feel like it's good right now, and it's this. If you're taking us, I want you to write this down. Maybe, just maybe, God makes us use the wisdoms from the promptings we have because he wants to see us take off the training wheels in our lives and use the faith that he's installed in us. Say that one more time. Maybe just maybe God makes us use wisdom from the promptings he gives us because he wants to see us take off the training wheels in our lives and use the faith that he has installed in us. Meaning this church, God wants to see us move. He is speaking to us and he wants us to move. He wants us to act. But it comes down to this. Are we listening? Let's pray.